Where were you when Griffin Kell hit his fire drill field goal to keep TCU's perfect season alive? We'll talk about that next in the 11-0 TCU Horned Frogs on Locked on Horned Frogs. You are Locked on Horned Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horned Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Never a doubt, right? TCU wins again. They defeat Baylor 29-28. This team has had some insane comebacks this year, some heart-stopping wins. Nothing really tops this. You know, I was thinking about this earlier today. Uh, A lot of their wins, even though they've been close games, of course, Oklahoma State, Got that done in triple overtime. But even like the K-State game, Texas Tech, West Virginia game was closer than maybe the final score would indicate. They still won those games by double digits. And in a lot of those cases had the lead for the majority of the fourth quarter. This is the second time this year they've had like a true walk-off win where they've won at the buzzer. And in this game had a brief lead in the third quarter. But that was really it. I mean, the first half, they went into the locker room tied. um, But it looked bleak when they were down 28-20 in the fourth quarter. So uh, a few housekeeping things. I'm recording this on a late Saturday night. Uh, Matt is not with me today. He might be with us later this week. And it's my fault. My wife and I were traveling to see her family this week. And so I'll be out of town. Um, We'll be going out of town Sunday. So Thanksgiving week just kind of messes up with the schedule. Sorry about that. Please subscribe to Locked on Horn Frogs on YouTube if you're not already subscribed. And then uh, whatever your favorite podcast app is, whatever your platform of choice is, you can subscribe there as well. But let's just get into it. I want to know. Hit me up on, on YouTube here um, in the comments or you can hit me up on Twitter at SimcockSteven. The show is at Locked on TCU. I'm not great at tweeting from that account because I don't always uh, remember that I have a second account. Anyway, I want to know where you were, what you were doing when Griffin Kell hit this field goal. And I want to talk about the clock management and the decision-making that led up to it. So I was at the game. I was there with my oldest son, Bradley, and then uh, my parents. My mom's a Baylor grad. And so this is always a, a fun rivalry game for me. There's a lot of Baylor people in my life. So I'm loving that TCU has won seven out of eight against the Bears. But, you know, we're watching it. It's really cold. And we, we were thinking like, all right, let's start moving as the final drive's going on. I'd, it had been a while. My son was getting restless. We said, okay, let's start moving towards, like we're still in the stadium, but let's start moving closer to the exit so that whatever happens when it ends, we can jet out and hopefully, you know, kind of get there first and maybe get out before the huge traffic hits. So we're there and I'm watching the drive unfold. And when Max – uh, gets that scramble on third and one, I was feeling really good. And it really didn't hit me until that third down play, just how crazy the ending was going to be. So they run the ball on first and 10, spike it on second and seven. And I figured on third and seven, they would throw it. And of course they handed off to Amari Mercado and he gets three or four yards on a run play. And it looked like I said this in my like instant reaction, which you can find on Twitter but it looks like Amari got up and was thinking, okay, cool. We're in the middle of the field. Let's spike it and kick it. 
But then he sort of realized immediately, oh, it's fourth down. And so the offense sprints off the field. Griffin Kell comes on the field. Perfect snap, perfect hold. He nails it from 40 yards. It all went – it all went off without a hitch. Anything goes wrong, and they lose that football game, right? Now, I mean, I believe Sonny when he says this because they didn't have any timeouts. They didn't take a timeout because they didn't have any. So there was no time to really get the team together. But, I mean, they, they call the run play on third and seven – or on second – yeah, third and seven. So <laughs> they knew it was going to happen. I was just shocked. Now, I think a byproduct of this, and I don't know if this was his thought process, one good thing that happened was that Griffin really had no time to think about the kick. I mean, he's just sprinting onto the field, going through the motions and letting it rip. Um, And, of course, you know, if they spike the ball and let him get set up, maybe Aranda called a timeout to try to freeze him. Also, I mean, those yards were important. I don't don't really know how – I can't remember how many yards – I'm already got on that play, but it was four or five yards. And so it was the difference between a 44, 45 yard and a 40 yarder, which is a big, significant difference. But everything just went perfectly. And it's it, it was a microcosm of this team season, which was, which is back against the wall, things look bleak. You take a punch from the other team. And everything just seems to be pointing towards, okay, this is where it comes to an end. And once again, they found a way. Like, they just continually find a way. And, of course, like after the game, I'm looking at reactions. And people are saying, oh, it's TCU team, they've done it again. You know, are they really good or are they just winning games? Now, first of all, I'll say it doesn't really matter what people think about TCU's resume because if they win the next two games, they're in, right? Like, you go 13-0 and you're in. Iowa State at home, win the conference title game, you're going to the college football playoff. And then we'll find out against whether they play Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, whoever. We'll, we'll find out how good they are. But it is funny to me. Like, there was all this talk about, oh, man, TCU just scraping by again against mediocre teams. And then Tennessee goes on the road against South Carolina tonight and gives up 63 points. 63 points in a loss. I think a 25-point loss to the Gamecocks. Spencer Rattler looked like the guy that was hyped coming out of high school. It's hard to win football games. It's hard to go 11-0. It's really difficult to do it in a league where you're playing everybody every single year. They're the first team in the college playoff era to get to 11-0. And no, it's not always pretty. It doesn't always make a ton of sense. But they just got another gut check victory. And when they had the ball at their own 10-yard line, down eight, with like seven minutes left, that was a huge drive. No, Kendra Miller, he got banged up and was out. Quentin Johnston went down, you know, on an interception play. It looked like somebody fell on his ankle. So he was gimpier than he even was, which he was fighting through an injury all day again. He's not playing. Um, Darius Davis was out today with a broken hand. I expect him to be out next week. All your playmakers are gone. And Tay Barber steps up. Savion Williams steps up. 
Amari DiMercato makes some plays. And the, the steady guy back there, Max Duggan, does it again. Huge throws, big-time runs. And they go down, they score a touchdown, 90-yard drive. They have that third and 11 play where Max hits Jared Wiley on a 15-yard pass. And then Gopher 2 had a really nicely designed play where they leak Amari. Sort of, he's, he's on the left side of the formation, not in the running back position. He's kind of like in a split-in spot. He goes out in the flat across the field. And, I mean, he's – I don't know. I think he kind of short-armed the ball, but I also feel like Max probably didn't put it where he needed to. And so he drops it. He tries to one-hand it. He can't catch it. They're down 28-26 with 2.07 left. And it looks like maybe the game's over. And the defense, which had a tough day, and we'll get to that in a minute. The defense, which had a tough day, comes up with a three and out. Blake Shapin helped him out because he missed a wide open Ben Sims on third and ten. But bottom line is they get the stop. They get the ball back and again. Missing those key playmakers, the three best, you know, playmakers on their offense. They find a way to go down the field. They perfectly execute a fire drill field goal. And they win the football game. Going away. 29-28. I mean, it's just incredible stuff. And I'm just at the point where I'm enjoying the ride. Now, I want to talk about Max for a second. It it had been a rough couple weeks for him. The Tech games and the Texas games were not his best moments. Now, he came up with some big plays in both those ball games, And, you know, kept it going and they won the football game. But the offense had looked, looked like it was kind of stagnating. And at times, it was stalling out again today. But I think they took a huge step forward. And he was great in the passing game this afternoon. Um, final line is 24-35, 327 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Also made some plays with his legs. He ended up being the leading rusher on the day with 50 yards on eight carries. Um, I was I was wrong about Max. And I think I've said this, but I just I need to reiterate it. I was insanely wrong about Max Duggan. I was ready to give up on him as a starting quarterback. And I said that on the show. I mean, I didn't say it that bluntly, but I I'm said that I thought Chandler Moore should be the starter. I expected him to be the starter. And then, you know, in my mind, I was like, man, if Max ends up winning the job – I don't know how that's going to go. And I remember when when Chandler went down, I don't even really – I can't even really remember what I thought about Max having to play. I think I was just sort of like, well, he's going to play. At the, when he initially went down, I was like, he'll be out for a few weeks. And I thought, okay, well, Max will play against Tarleton and SMU. Those are games they can win with him at quarterback. It's really great that he's still here and that he can take over the offense. And then he just went off. And I think early in the season, we talk so much about how he's improved as a passer and just as a decision maker and a quarterback. And I think all that's true. But as the year's gone on and as this team has been battle tested and faced test after test, I think the thing that has shown up with Max and that has permeated through the rest of this roster is all the intangibles that he's brought to the table since he took over the job as a freshman, which is he's just tough. He's just gritty. He gets hit, and he just gets up and keeps going. He does not blink. He might get frustrated, but he he has a short memory. He just keeps making plays. He keeps going. And I think the offense and the defense and every aspect of this football team 
has taken on his personality. And it's really helped that he's winning games. But Brock Heward, who was doing color commentary, I just rewatched the second half of the game on the Fox app. And since I was there, I didn't get to hear him talk much, obviously. But Brock Heward, who was doing color commentary today, as he was walking off the field, said, get this guy to New York. And he said, it's not really even about the numbers, even though Max has put up some impressive numbers this year. It's just about the fact that he, they're 11-0, he's the leader of this team, and he is why they are where they are. And so just, just an outstanding performance from him. When we come back, I want to talk about the defense. And honestly, it was pretty negative. Now, they, they stepped up in the second half to a certain extent, but Baylor's run game got after him today. We'll talk about what went down with that. First, though, a word from one of our sponsors, Upside. Um, you know, inflation right now is really hitting everybody's pocketbooks. Prices are going up, groceries, gas, everywhere. Um, it's just hard to, to save money. So whether it's driving less, dining out less, buying less from the grocery store, we can all agree there's nothing fun about less, and that's why it's a good time to try Upside. Upside's an incredible app for, for anyone who buys groceries or dines out. With Upside, you don't have to cut back because you get cash back on every purchase. To get started, download the free Upside app. You can use the promo code LOCKEDON and get $5 or more cash back for your first purchase of $10 or more. Next claim, whatever offer uh, you're buying on Upside, you can use check-ins, you can get paid by just using your debit card or credit card. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use the promo code LOCKDOWN to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. And again, that promo code is locked. And that is the Upside app. You can find it in the App Store. All right, so defensively today, TCU, uh, come off that outstanding performance against Texas. And, you know, I expected this to a certain extent, like just some regression to, regression to the mean, excuse me. Uh, Baylor came out guns blazing, and they were running all over TCU, went right down the field and scored on their first drive, um, went right down the field on their second drive too and had a chance to score, had some penalties. And I think it was Bud Clark made a really nice pass breakup on a third and long, and then Baylor missed a kick, and that was a, a huge turning point in that game because it could have been 10 nothing, could have been 14 nothing, ended up being 7 nothing, and then the TCU offense was able to respond and tie up that game in the first quarter. But the, the big issue this afternoon was TCU just could not stop the run. Squirrel Williams led the way, 19 carries for 112 yards for Baylor. Richard Reese had 10 carries for 56 yards, 232 yards rushing as a team. And I think especially in the first half, like overall, I feel like Baylor had a good game plan. They were running the ball. They were trying to uh, keep the TCU offense off the field, win the time of possession battle, which they ultimately did. And they were effective at it. And I felt like Jeff Grimes was really making some things happen. I know Baylor fans were frustrated with how he handled the end of that ball game. But just the creativity he had in the running game, all the motion, the jet sweep motion, um, you know, they had some counters and traps that they were running. They had a crazy play that I've never seen before where the offensive linemen like faked like they were pulling and they turned around and went to the other side. And TCU just could not set the edge. Like time after time, Baylor was getting to the edge with their run game with this outside zone and just getting chunk yards, chunk yardage plays, right? 
And so uh, they're going to find a way to address that. It was it was the first time this year that I came away from a football game that I watched with TCU where I really felt like they lost the battle up front. Like at the line of scrimmage on both sides, they kind of got whipped. Now, I will say this. The O-line was really good in pass protection today. And so kudos to them for that. Did not run the ball super effectively, but gave a clean pocket for Max really all day long. Um, but the D-line was having trouble getting off their blocks, and it was – there weren't a ton of plays. I mean, I remember a play in the first quarter where D-winner shot the gap on second and ten, and it looked like he had Craig Williams wrapped up for a loss, but he met, he whiffed on the tackle, and then Williams ended up getting six or seven yards. And Baylor got a big play on third down. But honestly, like it was just plays where – Baylor had it blocked up nicely. They were kind of using TCU's aggression and speed on defense against them by getting them going one way, and then the running backs either cutting back or it was a counter play where they were running the opposite direction. Now, Baylor's O-line is pretty good. Um, that was supposed to be the strength of their team going into the season because they returned pretty much everybody off that offensive line that won the Big 12 championship last year. It didn't really come to fruition – like they expected. But, you know, Jacob Gall is a dude that's been around forever. He's a Buffalo transfer, six-year senior. Khalil Keith, really good player. Mose Jeffrey. I mean, you can kind of go down the list of the Baylor O-line, but they do a fantastic job um, blocking. And I just felt like it was, you know, we had a lot of concerns about the TCU D-line going into the year. I think overall they've held up really well. But today in particular, um, just didn't do a great job. Now, in the second half, they did better. And Terrell Cooper showed up in a big way in, in some plays there in the second half. You know, Johnny Hodges kind of got in the mix as well. Those linebackers did a, a better job of getting to the, the ball carrier. Still gave up a couple touchdown drives, but I just think, by and large, they found a way to slow down that Baylor offense a little bit. And, again, when they needed to, and they got some help. I mean, I think Blake Shapin, I, I don't really know if he wasn't seeing things well, or if he just didn't trust himself, didn't have a lot of confidence. But he had a couple run plays where, you know, he's trying to get the first down with his legs, and he didn't get there. Um, and TCU's run defense was uh, stout when it had to be. They got stops again when they had to. You know, there's been tons of games this year where they've struggled through a couple quarters or they've struggled through most of the game, and they still find a way to step up. And when TCU failed on that two-point conversion, Baylor gets the ball back with two minutes left. They they just need one first down to salt the game away. Get a couple, you know, good stops on first and second down with Baylor running the ball. And then on third down, um, play action, bootleg, and Blake Shapin had Ben Sims, Baylor's tight end, running free. He missed him for whatever reason. Decides to try to get the first down with his legs, and Johnny Hodges comes up with a big tackle. And TCU gets the ball back, goes down the field, and they score, and they escape. So, um, you know, I'm not super worried about Iowa State next week running a lot of misdirection in the run game and doing some of the things that Baylor did because I'm just not sure they have the personnel to do that. I know they've struggled offensively all year. But potentially K-State, they beat um, West Virginia today. And they'll have a game with Kansas, which if they win, they'll head to Arlington for the Big 12 championship game. 
you know, I could see them doing things like that, trying to use their O-line, their physicality, and some of that motion and misdirection in the run game to really confuse the TCU defense. However, again, as the mantra has been all year, got stops when you needed to, found a way to win, and now you can regroup and say, okay, we got past that test. Let's see how we can try to stop the bleeding and get in a better situation for next week. When we come back, we'll have some closing thoughts. I want to shout out a uh, big-time wide receiver performance from earlier today. I do want to mention one of our sponsors, though, again, Nissan. It's our Nissan thrilling moment of the week. Our partners of Nissan have worked with us to create this segment across the Locked On College Network. The thrilling moment, I mean, what else would it be? That uh, Griffin Kell field goal to win the game, 40 yards, no timeouts, run out there, execute it perfectly, get it done. That is your thrilling moment. And college football brought to you by Nissan. Thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable ability on the field for this week, it just has to be that Griffin Kell field goal to win the game for the TCU Horn Frogs. All right, final thing. And I want to know, let me know on YouTube, where were you? What were you doing when Griffin Kell hit the kick. Could you even watch it? Were you so stressed that you had to go away? Were you at McLean Stadium? Were you watching it on TV? What happened? What was the setup when Griffin Kell hit that kick to get the Frogs to 11-0? But I want to give a shout-out to a receiver who I think has had an outstanding year and just doesn't get enough credit because he's just so consistent. And me and Matt have talked about him before, but Tay Barber today was fantastic. Five catches for 108 yards. He had a huge catch in the second quarter for like 84 yards, I think, on a play where Max hooked up with him and set up TCU to score a touchdown. Um, but there were some catches he made on the final two drives of the game. One, he was running the crossing pattern, and Max just threw the ball low, and he was able to somehow like scrape the ball off the ground while he was running full speed, get out of bounds, and put them in like a second and five. He had another catch on the, fi- on the second to last drive, we call a little out route, and he just got popped as soon as he got the ball. Somehow held on again, gave him like five yards, and then had that catch at midfield that got the drive going for the final time. Tay has just been, you know, the ultimate kind of workman. Just gets it done, um, and he just makes big catches. He either makes big plays in the passing game, or if there's shorter plays, it just seems like it's always, you know, a huge catch. I was impressed with the offense today. Did not run the ball super effectively, but they were much better in the passing game. Not as consistent as you would like it to be, but I think it was a big improvement for from the Tech and Texas games. And the main thing was their ability to protect, <coughs> excuse me, the passer and Max Duggan. That'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs today. Exciting victory. Let me know what your thoughts were on the game. We'll be back on Tuesday. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 